Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Okay, I'd like to welcome back to the first time facilitator podcast, Riz McDonald from Found Legal. It's Found with two Ds. Riz was on episode 96. We're talking all things legal and I've brought it back. So welcome back to the show. Thank you, Leanne. I'm glad to be back. We have an espresso coffee episode. So what's happening, and I'm sure you're finding it as well as a lawyer, is you're getting a lot of people wanting to pick your brains and find out more, particularly with things moving so rapidly uh, during covid and we've got a Facebook community called The Flip Chart and there was a question on there and it was around a couple of things. So one was security concerns when using Zoom. So I might just read out a bit of, a bit of that, sure. uh, that post. Um, is anyone including information to address potential or perceived risks around using platforms such as Zoom? Just to give an example, if someone recorded a session without your knowledge or someone felt there was a privacy issue, what do people think? I'm running some virtual workshops and group coaching sessions and I want to make sure that I'm covered. So we might just talk about that one first. Yeah, sure. So um, with um, it depends on the nature of the coaching workshops as well, um, whether there's any kind of personal sensitive information that's being collected. Um, in my view, uh, Look, you, you've got the Privacy Act and there's, uh, this is potentially a big subject when you sort of start drilling down into it. So the 15-minute bites is probably going to be difficult to try and condense all of that. So I'll do my best in trying to extrapolate a few things. So, um, yes, there are, as, as we all know, Zoom is having some problems. They, they're like the... Uh, they, they, on the one hand, this, their own success is coming to haunt them. Um, <laughs> and they are working, I understand, on trying to fix things from a security perspective. But um, uh, at the end of the day, though, you know, if you've got a relationship with a client where you're going to have um, sessions that you can only provide via something like Zoom, it's probably best to set that out in your terms and conditions and make sure that they consent through those terms and conditions to them being recorded. And you can also uh, add an extra layer because I believe Zoom allows you to add some language around, you know, um, that you're recording this for training uh, uh, and educational purposes, so to speak, or there's some language that you can use uh, to do that so that they're aware of it in that call. Uh, I also understand that the person that scheduled the call is the only one who can record the call. Uh, however, that doesn't mean to say that the person on the, on the other end of the call can't use another device to record it. Whether that's legal or not to do that, is um, complex. There's uh, basically the states and territories all have different legislation around uh, recording of uh, calls. And in some states like Queensland, they do allow it. And in others, they 
don't. And there's also certain nuances around that as well. In my view, it is better to be safe than sorry. And also it's better to have a, um, a, a good relationship with your client by being open and upfront about what you're doing and how you're going to do it. Um, with regards to Zoom and the security concerns, obviously, you know, um, that's not something you can control. So you just need to make sure that your li- uh, your liability is limited and you've made it clear that that's what you're going to be using and how what you're going to do to mitigate uh, any potential risk because I believe Zoom are allowing uh, and incorporating, these things are changing by the way, day by day, Mm. but they're they're now allowing passwords, um, uh, you know, requirements to meetings, et cetera. So it would be worthwhile for the person who posed the question to maybe consider those options as well uh, to reduce or minimize the risk um, for any potential third party to jump in and listen to the call uh, as well. So there there are ways and means in which you can protect yourself and your client. But in my view, it's always best um, in terms of consent to just inform them and give them that opportunity. And given the nature of um, what that coaching involves, I think it's useful for both the coach and the client for there to be recordings because presumably the coach will be sharing those um, recordings with the client to enable progress and growth uh, over the course of the coaching sessions. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a useful exercise that's mutually beneficial. Um, so if all of that's clearly set out in the contract terms would be the best outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also making it clear, you know, uh, that you're, uh, that they mitigate liability for uh, something like Zoom as well uh, and, and, and expressly state that they're, they're doing that. So yeah. that, that would be the easy, short answer, uh, rather than going through the several different pieces of legislation <laughs> on, on um, uh, call recordings and interception acts and all sorts. Oh, wow. There's acts on interception. That's yes. fascinating. So there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, legislation around call recording um, and whether you can do it with or without consent and, and whether you can then use it in court or elsewhere. So there are uh, scenarios where employees Employers, for example, where their performance managing employees have used call recording because they've instigated the meeting, they've started the meeting, they've recorded it without informing the employee. So when it, if things go wrong, uh, they can potentially use it to establish, look, you know, this is how it was managed. Yeah. So there are ways and means in which you can do that, but it's not necessarily um, the same across all states and territories as to what's allowed and what's not allowed. Mm. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Um, I think it, yeah, I, I think it really does. I think you've, you've set up some really great ideas. So the first one is in the contract to be very explicit about this third party the software tool that you're using and how you're going to manage that. Keeping in mind that security within Zoom, it, it sort of changes and gets better, we hope, Yes. every single day. And I also like your idea of you're absolutely right. When we call businesses like banks or telcos, they always say before, hey, just letting you know, this call is being recorded for training and, uh, you know, purposes so we could even have that on like an opening slide or just make sure it's part of our housekeeping correct and also like I said you can add it into um the invite um Mm. where you add in this call will be recorded for record keeping quality assurance and training purposes and that's the kind of language those big companies use as well um so in addition to whatever you have in the contract with the client you can have that on the call recording as well um, and, and, you know, and just uh, I, I take it from there because I would 
and I'm assuming here, uh, which is always dangerous, uh, but with that kind of coaching work, it does require that service to be recorded to enable um, uh, it's for the client's benefit, you know, to enable improvement so they can look back and see where they, you know, where they started off to where they've now got to, so to speak. So it's, um, yeah, so it's, it's something to be, I think, um, mindful of in terms of the security aspects, but I also think in terms of the relationship aspects, it's something to be mindful of. I think it's always best to be open, uh, upfront and honest and uh, obtain consent, especially when there could be potential for um, uh, personal information to be shared during that conversation as well um, and, and potentially sensitive information as well. So it's mm. always um, you know, uh, best to be open and honest about that and obtain consent as well. Awesome. So don't go inviting Hamish Blake to crash his Zoom parties <laughs> if you've got it in your contract because he'd be breaking it. Yeah. Um, Riz, I know you're, you're, what you've got in your head over all of your years, it's so valuable. So I just, you know, it's, I really appreciate you taking the time out to answer this question for our, audience, okay. for our listeners. Um, where can people go if they'd like to pick your brain even more or find some of the templates that you've got for solopreneurs, people just like me? Oh, absolutely. Um, so just www.findwith2dslegal.com. Um, you know, I offer 20-minute free consultation, no obligations. Um, so if anybody's got any more burning questions, uh, happy to do my best and answer them. And um, I'm on my on my socials as well at, at findlegal if you want to DM me, if that's your preferred uh, method of communicating as well so ah, yeah. DMing for legal advice how good <laughs> <It never, laughs> you've got no excuse now for making sure everything's set up well Riz you're a delight thank you so much no worries you're very welcome thank you for having me thank you so much for tuning into this bonus episode of the first time facilitator podcast and I apologize for the audio I must have been using my headphones input so if you were bothered with that I apologize definitely check out what Riz does she has some amazing templates she's all over the Instagram and has started a really great Facebook community group to also support people through COVID with questions like this look forward to bringing you more bonus episodes as well as the regular content on Monday and love to see you in the flip chart, the free group on Facebook. If you've got questions on anything related to facilitation or growing your facilitation business, catch you later.